What is up, everybody? We're back for episode two of So You Want to Be an Overlander podcast. As usual, I got my boy Reed sitting next to me. What's up, Reed? Oh, we're doing good. Ready for number two. Number two. Woo, he's ready to take a number two, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'll be right back. So, uh, on today's episode, we are going to be freaking covering a topic for y'all, all right? So... We are covering the topic of essential gear you need to go overlanding. So, tune in, join us on that, and we'll freaking just jump right on into it here. So, uh, at a high level here, the essentials for overlanding for us. Um, so, we got a little list here. We're a little organized, actually, believe it or not. We got we got some papers going on around here. Try to have some papers floating around Freaking here. paper squad, you know? We got the three by five note cards with all the things that we want to talk about on them. I'm kidding. It's just a pad of paper. But, so, um, the essentials that you actually need to go overlanding, because uh, I talk to a lot of people in the community that are like, hey, I really want to get into overlanding, but I don't know where to start. What gear do I need? Well, this is why we figured it was an important... Good second way to have the next podcast, number two. Yeah. Just kind of jump into it because... Yes. yes. That's kind of what I explained, uh, obviously, in our first podcast, if you guys have already listened in on that one. If um, not, go check it out right now. Jump back to that one and then come back. Um, but, I mean, kind of like what I was explaining in the first podcast is with my original truck is that I really didn't know anything about overlanding. And it's it's kind of scary. I mean, honestly, it, it's a scary thought to get into it and, you know, you what you need. And that's kind of why we thought this would be a good starting one to uh, just kind of clear the air on it. Because honestly, to get out there and have a good time, you really do not need that much to go have a fun trip, you know, be safe while you're doing it and just, you know, have the experience and uh, keep growing from there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and just so everybody knows, we're going to kind of talk about these these items here at a high level for this pod. Uh, next pod, we will, we're going to do a series, um, if you will, which I guess technically the whole pod's kind of a series when you think about it. Yeah. But we're going to be breaking it down um, in more detail about different gear choices and what to consider when purchasing the gear. But again, this one's just going to be kind of at a high level. So, uh, the number one most important thing on our list for overlanding gear, what what is your number one most important piece of gear, Reed, for uh for overlanding? Well, for me, um, I am always designated as the one guy um for my fridge. I actually have a twelve volt fridge, um, and we always designate that on every trip as the beer fridge. I usually carry nothing else in there but beer, you know, a few sodas. Some alcohol. It's it's alcohol. Alcohol. And uh, Cody usually takes care of the food. That goes into his fridge. But, you know, I I don't think I could go camping with at least, not, with not cracking one beer. Cracking cold ones with the boys, you know? Absolutely. Just got to freaking crack them sometimes. But, yeah, so... Uh, all jokes aside about the beer thing. It's all you need. Podcast over. Yeah, done. We're finished. We're out. We'll be back next week with another one. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, the, uh, in my opinion, okay, the most important thing you're going to need when you're overlanding, um, 
the most, well, we can kind of wrap it up into two things, really, because one's just really simple, not much to talk about. Water. Yeah. That's that's important, period. If you don't drink water, you... Gotta have that to survive. You gonna die. So, we got water, and then we need shelter. It don't gotta be nice. I mean, no. the, the woods can provide shelter for you. Well, guess what? You're overlanding. You got a vehicle. Yeah, that's we shelter. literally have a guy that sleeps in a hammock sometimes. He did that on a couple of our trips this year, where... He strung up a hammock between two trees, and that's where he stayed for the night. And it works. Yep, exactly. So, um, food. Food is another pretty important thing um, that you need out there, unless you're going to go, like, full bear girls and, like, eat freaking moss off the side of the tree whatever. Don't go finding, you know, those lucky mushrooms laying <laughs> in the forest floors because you don't know what's going to happen if you watch eat one of those. Watch out for the freaking mushrooms out there. <laughs> but, yeah, so, food. Um, Reed, what is your favorite camping meal? Well, I keep it, I like to keep it pretty, pretty simple. Peanut butter and jelly. PB and J's. No, um, you know, honestly, I don't do a whole lot. Me and Cody, you know, usually when we're going on trips, we're usually together. Um, so we just kind of have a thing that we do where, you know, I help clean up the dishes, things like that. And I provide, you know, Cody with the chef, chef Cody over there to cook up whatever he's got going for me. Um, but honestly, so then let's rephrase it then. What is the favorite meal that I have cooked. Oh, hands so down, far. hands down. We were at Hoosier National Forest. Okay. And we had the fish. Oh, with, yeah. With uh, the rice. Ooh, and, and asparagus. asparagus. And that was Ooh. probably my favorite dish. That turned out really so That turned out really good. It was fantastic. Yeah, so uh, I made, it was mahi-mahi. Yeah. And uh, I made a lemon butter sauce with garlic yeah we soaked it in it the night before we left right? oh yeah we did that was that was very good yeah so Um, i did that and then we uh just pan fried it with nothing else in the pan literally it was just we just took the fish out and bloop in and cooked it uh about three to four minutes per side mm -hmm. until it was flaky and it was magical the asparagus great just a freaking stick of butter in the wok Yes. I always cook with a wok. We'll get into that in a future episode. Uh, stick of butter in the wok, and then just asparagus and lemon juice in there, and that's all that sucker was, and it was amazing to die for. And it really wasn't that difficult of a meal to prep and cook. No. Um, but and it didn't take up a lot of space either. No. It was. It was, I mean, I would say it took probably about, you know, 15, 20 minutes to whip up. Yeah. Oh, and we cooked that one on the old Coleman too, remember? Yes, we, co- we, we did. cooked that on the 1969 uh, two burner Coleman stove. We that still got to get mine going with white gas. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's one of the main things is you know um, there is that ways, and we have other guys that come out with us, guys and girls. I'll be inclusive here. We appreciate that. We're all inclusive, <clears throat> um, but that just kind of do the uh, the. Um, what is it? The air dried? Is it the the, the freeze dried freeze dried food? There's freeze a bunch dried. of brands. There's tons of brands of that, and you know I've tried a couple, and they're they're fantastic. And it literally you you know you just boil the water, and you got a pretty good meal. And I I mean I'd say max of ten minutes, and they're yep. fantastic. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a very simple way. You know, you don't have any prep with it. You really don't have to clean up anything because you're really just pouring boiling water into the bag, and that's good. Once you're done with it, throw it away, and you don't have to clean up anything. That's that's kind of what I like is just the simplicity of it um, just because I don't like getting a bunch of stuff out and having to clean it. And That's why you get the good deals and why I cook for you. Exactly. But because I still have to clean it, though. So I'm I know. Still, I'm still uh, getting screwed. But, but you're getting the freaking getting good Chef meal. Boyardee meals. Absolutely. And you don't got to actually do anything except clean up a couple dishes. It's kind of a win for you. It's it's a win. We got a we got a side note here. We got to get some sort of like sink going on one of our rigs. That would uh, be sweet. Oh buddy, don't you freaking worry. That would be cool. Sink incoming. But yeah, I mean anyways, I I just think it's one of those things where I mean that's obviously a very important thing. You got to have food while you're, you know, out on the trails or camping. And, uh, you know, you can go really hardcore with it where, I mean, it's literally you feel like you're at a five-star restaurant yes. or it's as simple as pouring some boiling water into a bag and you're getting just the correct amount of, you know, protein, all your uh, nutrition value in your day. Yep. And, uh, you're, I mean, you're good to go. It, it's, you know, two opposite ends of the spectrum of how far you're willing to take it. Yeah, and... Uh, for me personally too, it kind of varies on the weather a little bit, right? Like what I want to do. Cause I have the freeze dried meal option. And then I also have the Bobby Flay option as I like to call it <laughs> where you cook in five star. That you know? was another good one. I completely forgot about that. The, uh, potato soup we did in the, UP. Oh yeah, man. That was, that was, was a good perfect one. night for a soup like that. Yeah. It was like a nice hearty potato soup. And then yeah. we did, we did some freaking hot dogs hot after that dogs too. after to wash them down. We do know? the, we always do the all beef hot dogs cause we have standards around here. We do here. have standards here. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of, again, the food at kind of a high level. Um, we're going to, we're going to like, I said, uh, all these topics we talk about, we're going to go into more detail in a future episode. So um, just look out for that. Uh, but moving on here, the next thing that is very essential aside from your food, is going to be your shelter. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there are a bunch, hundreds, literally hundreds of different options. I've seen people come out uh, hammocks, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Reed and I both have Gazelle T4 tents. Shout out Gazelle. I have the Overland Edition. Shout out Gazelle. Shout out. Um, Reed just has the regular T4. I love it, dude. It, it's amazing. They're the best tents. We'll get into those again a little bit deeper in a future episode. Um, and then, uh, you know, I have uh, friends that have uh, rooftop tents um, from like Rugged Bound Supply Company. Um, they make a great quality rooftop tent. Um, and then uh, Brady, he has a, I don't know how to, to, to pay, to pee. That's not how you pronounce it. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that brand, honestly. But it's it's nice. When it's we cool. were up in the UP, I did actually ask him if I could get up inside of it. And it was, you know, I, I still love my gazelle, but part of me does still love the idea of a rooftop tent. Yep, yep, yeah. So you got your ground tents, your rooftop tents, and then like you have uh, hammock setups. There's I've guys sleep in their trucks or I cars, SUVs, whatever, you know. Um it all really just depends on um how uh, mild to wild you want to go. Yeah. And so then, yeah. there's uh 
there's the ground tents that are for backpackers that are little itty bitty things, but man, they're so small and compact. So maybe if you have a smaller profile inside of your vehicle, um, like you two door Jeep guys, those are little itty bitty things inside. So, uh, maybe a backpackers ground tent makes the most sense for you or a rooftop tent. Cause yep. then you're able just to get it outside your vehicle. You got to kind of look at what you have, you know, that that's a big thing that people look at is you, you got to know what kind of uh, vehicle you own and pack accordingly to that. And, you know, if obviously the financial funds or you know, whatever it may be, you know, some people go wild and they literally buy a designated overlanding vehicle. Um, but if you're just kind of, you know, the weekend warrior where you're just using what you got, I mean, you got to pack accordingly to it. But it's it's one of those things that, yeah, we have the gazelles and they're nice. And, you know, some people spend, you know, thousands of dollars on a rooftop tent, but you don't need that. I mean, you can go buy a Walmart tent and just run it. I mean, as long as you're getting out there and enjoying yourself, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Yeah, that's that's a good point and kind of brings me into something else about the whole shelter thing. So, like, uh, you know, we've talked about, again, um, just the basic options for tents themselves. Um, but a really big thing for me while I'm out on trips, I like to sleep and sleep well. So I have a nice sleeping pad that I use when it's really cold. Yeah. And that's one thing I need to get. Yep. Yep. So the sleeping pad is a really big, important thing for, uh, us Midwesterners rather. Cause, uh, we have, or the colder States, even wherever it just gets cold and you go out and, you know, um, but I have a sleeping pad and that really changed the game for me. Um, my wife and I take a trip to the upper peninsula of Michigan every year in February and it gets down to like, we had negative 18 degrees there a few years ago. And we were just in our gazelle hanging out. And, I mean, it wasn't the best because we didn't have our super nice sleeping pad. But, I mean, it wasn't bad either. We had a nice zero-degree bag. Um, but, yeah, sleeping sleeping is really important on these overlanding trips, especially for the multiple-day ones um, because the, the human body is pretty resilient. But if you have to have bad sleep for, you know, three, four nights in a row, it really takes a huge toll on your body. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you got to kind of figure out how into it you're going to get. And, I mean, if you're just going out, you know, for little one-night trips, things like that, it's not the end of the world. If, you know, you don't have the nicest stuff out there, you're just going out there to hang out for the day, hang out for the night, drink beer in the morning. Exactly. It's an excuse to get away and drink beer. Uh-huh. But, you know, we're trying to continue to push our limits as overlanders. And, you know, I like those longer trips. But because of that, you do have to invest a little bit more money, I would say. I mean, you don't have to go crazy. But, you know, it is important, you know. I mean, the trail systems take it out of you when you're going down the trails and beating you up and that. That, you know, at the end of the day, you really do want a good night's rest to, you know, get back up and be ready to go to hit more trail the next day. Or, you know, if you're driving, you know, some of our some of our trips, you know, we're driving, you know, 100, 150 plus miles a day. And those are off-road miles. Yeah, right. Those are not pavement. Those are off-road miles. Where, I mean, that... It, it really does. That was one of the first things that kind of surprised me um, getting into this is you would think you'd be pretty relaxed just driving in your vehicle. But when you're on a trail like, you, you know, you're on the trails, it does take a lot of concentration and it wears you out by the end of the day where, you know, you really do want to get 
a good night's rest. And that does require, you know, doing your research a little bit on, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And I think one of the biggest things that I'm kind of figuring out now is you do really kind of have to have setups for the different seasons. Uh, obviously yes. this varies again where you're located. Yes. Uh, but for us in the Midwest, I mean, it does. I'm, you know, I just purchased a uh, nice kind of winter sleeping bag kind of in between. I bought a 15 degree. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important. You kind of have to, you know, have your equipment for, you know, the seasons of the year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. Cause, uh, I have a couple different setups that I use, which, um, I have four, actually four different setups that I use, but the reason why I have four is because one's for my wife and I, and then one's just my solo setup. Um, but my solo setup is, uh, I have a 30, 35 degree bag. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's just a cheap Walmart sleeping bag. It was like $16. It's 35 degrees. Now I'm a big boy. It's a little tight, a little snug, but a little you, snug on the muffins. Yeah, a little freaking snug. But, uh, you know, when you're cold, it's kind of nice, though, because it it's uh, less air around you to heat up. So it's pretty nice, though. I, I enjoy it. Um, and then I also have a zero degree setup also for solo use. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big deal. I mean, I truly am of the uh, thought that everybody should have you know, a 30 to 40 degree bag and then a zero degree or somewhere near zero degree if you live in the Midwest. Um, and it just depends how crazy camping you want to get, right? I mean, your, your zero degree bag, you can always supplement with other gear. Um, you know, you're able to get uh, a down blanket or get take your warmer sleeping bag, your summer bag, and put it inside of your winter bag and it'll be a little bit warmer for you. So there's a lot of options there. And again, I feel like a broken record here, but I'm going to say it again. We're going to get into these options a little bit more uh, in a future episode. We just want to inform everybody kind of what the things you absolutely need to go overlanding are. Um, and this is this, this is going to kind of lead into the next thing. The next thing that we need, that you need. This is not question, if, ands, or buts. My opinion even in any vehicle you own, you should have this in, is a good medical kit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, just something something that, you know, you can go again with this. You can go something as mild or wild as you want. Um, we probably really won't get into a whole episode about the medical kits, um, but I'm, I am going to try to reach out to a few of my friends that I have that are firefighters and EMTs. So, uh, we'll reach out to them and see if they can't, maybe we can't get them, we can't convince them to come on the pod, maybe give them a few beers. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, see if we can't get them on to kind of talk about, you know, medical supplies, why it's so important and stuff like that. But, uh, we all, uh, do carry medical kits. I carry a pretty extensive one. I have a trauma kit, tourniquets, uh, quick clot, burn stuff. I have everything. I have a, a very, very, very nice medical kit in my truck. And um, another thing, not to interrupt you on that. Yeah, yeah, what's up? But another very important aspect of that is, you know, whatever, how extensive your medical kit is, uh, the importance of keeping it in a... Um, 
quick to access location. Yes, it's got to go in the same location every single time. You need to know of it, and I would say also the people around you need to know about yep. it. Whoever's in your vehicle, it yep. you, you don't. If something goes south, you don't want to have to be digging through all your gear uh, to get to it. So I'm not exactly sure where Cody keeps it on his vehicle, but um, a cool thing that I got for my Tacoma is literally it mounts to my headrest on the back of it. It's just got a little Velcro back on it, and I just stick that sucker right on there and it's perfect site you know anybody can just open the door grab it right away and you know take care of whatever we need to do um, but that's just very important that you know if somebody gets hurt on you know while you're out and you know sometimes you being out might be 20 minutes away from the nearest hospital or I mean you could be hours um, so you yep. need to prepare for that and it needs to be in a location that is easy to access because you you just need to be able to get to it as fast as you can on the severity of the injury. Yeah, and I mean, uh, fortunately, uh, my medical kit, I've only had to use uh, just a couple times here and there, um, mostly for just like your small cuts, whatever, like you cut your hand doing whatever, you know, just a small little cut. But uh, there was, when we were in the UP last time, Reed, um, Jen that she had got bitten by a spider while she was sleeping that night and yeah. her hand was really swollen up. Yeah. So uh, we were able to deploy a uh, ice pack that we had in the medical awesome. kit. So we were able to get that to her and get her um, some uh, medicine out of there to bring swelling down her hand. Yeah, there was that. And even the last trip that we just took, uh, you know, about, couple weeks ago a month ago um the last night of the trip um mike's wife when she shut her finger in the, her fridge oh yeah and it, i mean it was pretty gnarly now yeah it was just a little cut but i mean those fridges aren't light you yeah. know i was worried that she possibly broke a finger yep. you know and obviously at that point you know that might require obviously a hospital visit at that point but we would have the necessary like the necessary tools to at least correct yeah help in a yeah way. and really i mean your medical kit really needs to just be something to stabilize somebody if something's going wrong you know uh the best thing that you can do i got i was told uh, by uh, a paramedic that you know the best thing you can do is get somebody in a vehicle and get them on the road to the hospital that's the best thing you can do for somebody if yep. something really bad goes wrong. But, you know, again, we try our best and work our best work, work, uh, our hardest to make sure that that doesn't happen to anybody. So, so far, so good, luckily. Um, and I hope that it never, ever comes to that. So, um, yeah, with that being said, um, the last thing that we kind of wanted to touch on here, looks like, uh, we got about 10 minutes left on this thing here. Um, so, we want to talk about the vehicle you need for overlanding. Yeah. Which this is going to be, again, a whole episode in itself. But we're going to talk about it here at a high level. Um, I'm just going to say it with one sentence. You can use any vehicle you want for overlanding. Anything. Literally, I mean, we a were bicycle. talking about in the first podcast, Cody has seen lifted Priuses. I've seen pictures on Facebook of actually going around a lot here recently, and it's sick. I need to find it and send you pictures of it. It is a lifted Mazda CX-5 with these giant mud terrain tires, and it is sick. so cool. And it's it's one of those things that, yes, 
you know, is when you're using a vehicle like that, is it, you know, can you be limited on the access of what you do with your vehicle? I mean, yes. Um, I would like to set mine up to where I know that I can get to just about anything I want to see or do. And as long as the trails aren't too tight and scratch your paint. Oh, man. Going down that trail in Jab. the UP was uh, very scary. Um, but yeah, it's, Reed cares about his paint. I, I don't still care. I still care. It's a t- brand new truck still to me. So, um, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, run what you brung. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I mean, I've, we've been out, well, we mentioned again in the first pod that we've been out with a Honda pilot. Uh, I went out with the Honda CRV. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about that guy. And yeah. he had a rooftop tent on the top of this CRV, mind you. And it was a very expensive one. He had, you know, nice all-terrain tires yep. on it. I mean, it was kitted out, honestly. Like, it was cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in our opinion, well, okay, I can't say our opinion. In my opinion, um, the best budget-friendly Overland vehicle you can buy is going to be like a older generation Subaru Forester or Outback. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you're not, you know, super mechanically inclined now, I mean, if you're getting into this, again, this could be a whole nother episode, but I think you should, it might be a good idea to have a kind of general understanding of your vehicle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, parts that could go bad, things like that. You kind of got to know your vehicle in a way. Um, but it's, you know, to me, um, obviously, I just had my truck, and I t- turned it into an overlanding vehicle. Uh, but in my opinion, you know, I like, I like the truck setup. I like to be able to keep the interior of my vehicle clean, and, you know, I'm looking to get drawer systems uh, for my truck bed. I want to get to the point where I can keep everything in the truck bed. And to me, that allows me to bring more people out. And that's what's important to me is I like to share the experience uh, with other people and get as many people out there as I can to uh, have fun because that's what it's all about. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on it i mean you can literally go pick up any used vehicle and i mean just you do have to spend thousands of dollars on it it's a vehicle well it is a vehicle but hey you could buy like a little <laughs> you, buy, don't, you don't you don't have to buy, spend 50 grand on it yeah you could buy like an 800 dollars jeep xj and just go beat the heck out of it have you checked facebook marketplace lately are the they more expensive 800 dollars xjs don't exist anymore buddy they're like two grand at least now that's sad. But I, the point that we're getting at is, you know, if you don't feel like the ve- current vehicle that you have is capable enough to what you want to accomplish. It is, though. Every I mean, vehicle is. is capable. You have to, the biggest thing, you have to be able to know 
know your vehicle, know what it is capable of. And 98% of the time, it's not that your vehicle is not capable of it. It's that you are not capable of it. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I mean, we've gone on plenty of trips this year where, you know, I was like, there is no way in heck my vehicle can do that. And next thing you know, it's walking right up this obstacle. We went to, um, oh, what was that off-road park we went to? Uh, Badlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badlands. So we went to the Badlands, and, you know, my Tacoma, you, you know, it's it's nothing crazy, but it's built. It's mildly built, yeah. Um, and we had another good guy that comes out with us. I'm sure he'll be on a future uh, podcast with us. Uh, he has a stock Tacoma, and his is the off-road. And what always stuck out to me on that trip was going up that one hill section, and he kept the same line, turned on his lockers, and then walked right up, and he's like, after it, he's like, man, I did not expect my vehicle to do that. I mean, he's on the yeah. stock tires, everything. They're not <laughs> literally all terrains or the anything. They're literally, boy. yeah, they're just, you know, your run of the mill tire. And it's, it's about knowing your vehicle and just the only way you're going to be able to figure that out is by getting out there and just seeing what you can do. And I'm not exactly. saying take your, you know, Toyota Prius and go try to bang off some rock shelves and that. Obviously, that can't do that. Forest service roads, though, man. The but Prius would kill it. Yeah. I would much rather have something like that than my 80 for forest service roads. And it would roads. rip down it, too. That's it the thing. It would be thing. sick. Yeah. It's, you know, you just, it's all about where you're wanting to go with your vehicle. And at the end of the day, you know, just, it's all about packing accordingly and, you know, bringing those essentials into it and um, just going out there and having fun. You don't need to exactly. do, you just, you don't need a lot. I, again, you know, that was the biggest killer with me with my original truck is I didn't want to get out there. I was nervous. You get caught up in all the social media of you need to spend thousands of dollars and you don't, you need the bare essentials, a nice sleeping bag, you know, some form of tent, you know, your water, your food, and just go out there and have fun. There's plenty yes. of places to find cool locations to go out and see and just go experience it. That's what it's about. Yep, exactly. So, all right, guys, looks like that's going to freaking wrap us up for today. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the pod. Uh, so, again, recap, overlanding essentials, beer, food, water, shelter, dude, your vehicle that you got sitting outside in the driveway or the parking lot, dude, it's ready. Just freaking go get in it. Get a medical kit. They're cheap. Let's just freaking get out into Overland, people. All right. So you want to be an Overlander. Woo. Episode two. We're out. Peace. Have a lovely freaking week, people.